Hi everyone, it's David. And before we get into the episode, I just wanted to say thank you for listening to What About Life from Indian Health Council. And I want to remind you that you can subscribe to this show via your podcast player. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify, really any of the podcast players that are out there, they have a mechanism for you to subscribe to a show. Just hit the plus button or the follow button or whatever subscribe button is available within your podcast player. And your podcast player will automatically let you know whenever we drop a new episode, which is usually Tuesday of every week of every month. Oh, and please leave us a review on your podcast player. Whether that's Apple or Google or Spotify, click a thumbs up or give us a five-star rating or whatever it is your particular podcast player does to show positivity. If you could show some positivity towards us, that'd be great. It helps in the algorithms and makes our show more available to more people. So you can help us with that. All right, let's get on with the episode. Thanks again. Hello, this is Dan Kalak, member of the Palma Band of Lusanyu Indians and the Chief Medical Officer for Indian Health Council over the past 19 years. Miyum. May we all wonder and be blessed by the energy created by the life around us, perpetuated and created from our ancestors and their ancestors for time immemorial. We recognize the Creator's hand is all that we see, feel, think, and do here on earth and in our short existence. We treasure our time together and we wish each other peace, happiness, and long life. For love, health, time is all we have here on earth. We relish our bodies, minds, spiritual being, and our consciousness, drinking in our reality with the ones we love and making a good place for our people is paramount. For our earth, our animal brothers and sisters on earth, the ocean, the sea, and the unseen that share our space, we treasure your existence. For our children we love, live, and last one more day, if not for ourselves, but for our generations to come forever now on earth and to the universe end. Nishon Lovik. Welcome to Indian Health Council's What About Life podcast. I'm your host, David S. Dawson, multimedia coordinator here at the clinic. Joining me for today's podcast is the PEI team, as usual, starting to my left, Mr. Jason Levine. Good morning. Welcome back. Good morning. I'm Art. Welcome. George Bohas, PEI health educator. Good morning. Marissa Yappa here with the PEI team. And it's, uh, it's June. Like we've made it to June. Where is, where's this year going? It's just kind of flying by, right? <laughs> yeah. Flying by. Is it just me or does it feel <laughs> like it's like just everything picked up speed this year? Man, I, I think it's been busy. So it always seems, which is good, right? Yeah. We it, like busy. Yeah. Busy is good. So yeah, it's been flying by. So um, one of the other things that happens uh, over time is you get older, time seems to move faster. That's what a lot of people say. Um, and June is uh, Elder Abuse Awareness Month. So we're going to be talking about being older and the things and trials and tribulations that come with uh, increasing in age. And Art, you're our elder navigator, right? So, yeah, so I, think, I think this podcast is yours. This so. podcast is mine. I, this I, is me I handing the reins over to you. It, it's a team effort. So uh, this podcast, I think... Um, we wanted to cover or talk about some of the services that we provide in our community. Um, I have 
Jason and George and Marissa here, we all provide a service. So some of this stuff, let's talk about what I do or, or how I can help you. And then you guys could chime in how we all work together, right? Something that I do is, is I work closely with the team, with medical to provide uh, a service to our community. Something that I do is I'll get a referral for medical saying, I want you to go check on, give you an example, Jason, right? He has potential fall risk. Um, can you go check on him? So something that I do is uh, I collaborate with the team, see if we could do a wraparound services, or I go out and I help them. Um, I do a safety assessment of Jason, how he's walking. Jason, I'm not picking on you. I'm just using you because no, okay. I have you here, <laughs> right? Uh, how you're walking. Do you have steps entering your home? Is your gate, your, how you're walking, how you're standing? Um, and, and some that I do is I don't tell you you need to change this. I give simple recommendations. So the best way I look at it is, is I tell people, if you had to walk in your house with the dark, with no power, do you have fall hazards or, or clutter in your walkway to get out of your house? So when we look at it that way, it makes you think about can I, if I have to get out of my house at night with the power out, can I get out? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Can I take a shower? Another, another of my focus is most falls happen in the shower and in the bedroom. Can I get out of my shower correctly? Right? Um, can grab bars help me get out of the shower or get out from the bathroom? And, and I'll be honest with you, a lot of people feel that we're at that stage where a, I don't need a grab bar. But to be honest with you, I've used a grab bar, right? We've all oh, used man. grab bars. I had, I, had a, I had a condo that I rented 15, 20 years ago that had all of that stuff in the shower, and mm -hmm. I loved it. Right? You know, <laughs> a shower it. bench. Yeah, it was the best. <laughs> I mean, the downfall is I, I put a shower bench in my shower. Now my kids sit there under the shower. But, <laughs> but it helps you. You know, if you're unsteady, if you have trouble standing for long periods, a shower chair helps you. Um, looking at simple, uh, like I talked about fall risk, simple flashlight next to your bed. Mm -hmm. If you had to get up at night and no power, you have a flashlight versus looking for one. Another one is um, that I always, I push a lot or, or, or I talk about is smoke detectors, right? Um, up in some houses still have um, wood burning stoves. Carbon monoxide alarms are, are big that, that we provide, smoke alarms we provide to help people, help our community stay safe. Right, um, we don't have street lights, a lot of street lights here. Putting up a motion light so when you drive up, you're able to look at where you're walking, right? We don't have the, the luxury, like if you live in town where a lot of it is lit up, simple stuff to make a save. Um, well, that that's actually a really interesting point, Art, is that so many folks on the reservation don't have a lot of those kind of like 
safety net things that are just taken for granted when you live down in town, right? Yeah. Like street lights. Street lights. I didn't even thought about that. Like I don't see any street lights around yeah. here. Um, whereas at night in my area down in Oceanside, everything's lit up all night long and you know, it's hard to see any stars. There's so much light. Right. What, what is it called? Uh, light pollution, yep. right? Yep. I mean, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. You see the stars out here, right? But it's reality when you drive up at night to a house and you don't have, you can't see, right? It, it makes, it makes it harder. Also, another, another thing is, um, that we talk about, or, or I gave recommendations is you need to wear a well-fitted shoe mm. versus a slipper and a sandal, mm. you know, um, and I always give this example because I, I, I always, um, how can I say, talk about, you need to wear your shoes and sometimes I need to talk the talk. Right. And I give this example of how easy you can fall or slip with a sandal. One day I got home and I, I love, I love my quiet time, right? I was all, everybody was gone or I said, man, not that I don't love my, my kids or my family, but it was just quiet. And then my wife called me and said, Bev, I need you to pick up, I don't know, my son's medication at Walmart. I was like, oh man, I was already in my shorts and my sandals. The reality, I should have put my shoes on. I went in straight like that. <laughs> walking into Walmart, I was walking in. I don't know what happened. I slid. I, I was trying to steal home. <laughs> I slid across <laughs> the entrance, right? I stood yeah. up and I started reflecting, man, I should have put my shoes on, right? The simplicity or the simple thing is having a well-fitted shoe that fits you right that makes your walking area, your walking surface safer versus a sandal or a slipper that your foot could slide around and you could fall, making mm -hmm. your, your chances of falling go up higher. Well, and not every shoe is, is built the same either, yes. right? So um, they have <laughs> non-slip, you know, um, skid resistant yes. soles as opposed to some other soles, like the shoes I'm currently wearing. Yeah. I slipped on i was up in hollywood for a movie premiere and i slipped on wet marble because it had been raining and when i second i took one step onto the marble on hollywood boulevard i went yeah. feet overhead and landed straight on my back on the marble in the yeah. rain um so even just saying hey put your shoes on is one thing but pay attention to pay conditions attention. Yes. And know that not all shoes necessarily are going to protect you from a fall in certain conditions. So you always wear the appropriate shoe too for, for when you're going out. The appropriate shoe is, is big. You know, it's just a lot of it is wearing sandals. A lot of it slippers, which increase your chance of falling. Yeah. Right. And as we get older, and this is something that I talk with my mom or is, is you need to move. Right. We had, we had our, our physical activity specialist talk to us and he, you know, something that stuck with him was motion is, is, is what he say? Lotion, right? Or remember how he talked about, you got to keep moving. Yeah. Right. Um, and hopefully fear, we can bring those chair volleyballs back. Cause that's a great motion yeah. for seniors to do. It doesn't require, you know, too much moving around to where you can, you know, injure yourself, but injure. it's just helpful and sociable. So sometimes the fear of us falling 
keeps us from moving. So what I'm saying is a lot of us will think if I don't get up more or if, or if I stay seated more, I won't fall. But honestly, what it's doing is it's doing the opposite because now you're not moving. You're not building that strength. Your, your joints are, are not getting that exercise, right? So us not moving actually increases your chance of falling. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. My mom, my mom hated using her walker so yeah. much that she would rather just spend the day sitting down. Yeah. And she, she became so mobile for so long, like every time we did have to go somewhere, she was way more of a risk because she was entirely more wobbly and entirely yeah. more awkward trying to walk because every part of her had stiffened up and, and she wasn't as flexible. And so her mobility got worse and worse, the less she wanted to be mobile. Yeah. <laughs> we we so, fought that fight with her for a long time. So that goes back to activities. The chair volleyball, like you talked about, Marissa's phenomenal uh, range of motion, moving, moving all your joints, not mm -hmm. only the, the mental well-being of getting out with people, talking, the, the, the activity that they do, the laughter, you know, laughter mm -hmm. is also medicine. It's, it's a phenomenal. Um, yeah, social interaction. Social really interaction, right? Because that's one of the dangers with elders is, is that isolation, right? That isolation, you know, that isolation, that fear of becoming a, a, a burden, you know, um, that um, independence, that loss of independence. You know, stuff that we take for granted. The the big one, one of the big ones is out there is when, when they take, when the doctor says, when Dr. Kalak or I'm not picking anybody, takes that license ability away. How mm -hmm. big is that? That's huge. Because mm -hmm. now they're dependent on someone to take them places. Yes, they're now dependent. That loss of independence, that, that, that it, it, it is big. I've seen it, you know, where, where people get sad and, and they don't, you know, that independence to drive, to go to my own doctor's appointment, to go to the grocery store. Well, I think, I think there's a deep-seated uh, feeling on most people's part that they don't want to be a burden to anybody else, yeah. right? Like, yeah. am I wrong? I mean, I know it's one of the things I think about when I think about potentially being in a situation where that would happen is, is, is like, who would I be burdening if I can't take care of myself? You know, like I don't have a spouse. So like, am I turning to my sisters? Am I turning to friends? You know, like, am I Family. putting on a burden to these other people just by my very existence? Like that's a hard weight to carry. I mm -hmm. think. And it's not like we're just, at, they would be asking for simple things like, you know, just take me to the store. It's like, I need to go to doctor's appointments. You know, some in more serious conditions might need a little more intimate caretaking and things like that as you start getting more, you know, in depth with the, with the needs. Yeah. So it becomes really burdensome and, and really hard, I bet. Especially yeah. those elders that don't have that support system in place. It's like, what do they do? You know, they lean on, we try to help them as best we could, you know, as social workers, as elder navigators, but you know, we can only do so much to where it's like, okay, let's find something else to help them. What, what, you know, what resources can we get? It's hard. Yeah. Sure. I know with the outreach that we do from the P from the PEI uh, uh, health educator standpoint in the education and the presentations and the activities, um, we just try to have fun, 
and interact. It's um, we we we're humble and understanding from the standpoint that these are our elders, and when we come in and talk about an educational topic we usually leave there learning something new because <laughs> because we'll be darned if we're going to walk in there and tell them how it is, you know, right. especially uh, in their home. So so uh, um, usually it starts with conversations, but they're just glad to get out and socialize. And, and even if it's a conversation, for example, suicide, getting out there and talking to seniors about suicide is a really, really touchy subject, especially some of our older folks that are from a really... Um, um, I'm looking for the right word to use. So we're politically correct on our podcast here, Dave. The What About Life podcast wants to be uh, down the line, right? Mm-hmm. So so uh, um, some, some people have their thoughts about suicide, whether it's good or bad. But, um, you know, they, won't, won't, they think that suicide is, is definitely not something that we should be talking about. So um, when you talk about stuff like that, you're met with a with big opposition. So being respectful, but yet still, in a sense, trying to educate seniors and, and our elders, because there is a high suicide rate and there is a reason that PEI programs exist and that we focus on the senior population, the elder community, because um the thoughts of suicide happen, thoughts of, you know, dep- or depression and, and mental illness starts happening with, with our elders that are, are dealing with that, um, with those burdens and, and, and this, the, all the things that Art was, you know, talking about because um, those life choices get really, really difficult yeah. for, for, a, for somebody that, you know, one of our veterans that, you know, was decorated and, and, you know, stakeholder in the community, Chair, you know, council members that have taken care of their whole large family, you know, and now they become this one person that all of a sudden can't do anything for themselves. So talking about those topics is is very, very important and absolutely necessary, even though they'll tell you. And sometimes in some instances, Art, we could share some stories, right, Um, where they will share that this is absolutely an unnecessary topic to be talking about, Mm. you know, and borderline inappropriate. We don't want to hear about it. Well, I think I think that's that's a that's a cultural thing that that's not just limited to the Native American culture, but I mean, like American culture at large has not embraced the discussion of, of mental health and, and having an open and honest discussion about how people feel, right? Like brushing stuff under the, under the table has been kind of normal for a long time. I think it's not, it's not a normal conversation, not just in the community that we serve in any community. It's not a normal conversation that you have with your loved ones like isolation or suicide or depression. Uh, and when that, when you start communicating that, people start getting like, oh, there's something wrong with me. Unlike if you were having that conversation on a regular basis, it would it would basically be, those individuals would be able to, to talk about it in a setting, a normal setting. Yeah. Well, but it's been hidden for so long Me, you. Hi, I am Dr. Dan Kalak, Chief Medical Officer at Indian Health Council and a member of the Association of American Indian Physicians and the Palma Band of Lasanyo Indians. In 1971, American Indian and Alaskan Native physicians launched AAIP to improve and protect the health of indigenous cultures. 
AEIP encourages all American Indians and Alaskan Natives eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine to get vaccinated to preserve our tribal cultures for future generations. Indian Health Council has been empowering Native wellness for over 50 years. We continue to do so with services like our mobile pantry, where you can receive free and nutritious food for you and your family. Join us at our Rincon facility on the second Tuesday of every month or on the fourth Tuesday of every month at our Santa Isabel location between 10 and 11 a.m. Upon arriving, you'll receive a variety of pre-packaged dry goods and bulk produce. The mobile pantry is open to all families and community members. Both of our sites are following all COVID-19 health and safety guidelines as recommended by the CDC at this time. Upon arriving, please stay in your vehicle and wear a mask when coming to receive your food and practice safe social distancing. We look forward to seeing you at our mobile pantry, and we thank you for listening to this podcast. Indian Health Council, empowering Native wellness since 1970. Well, keeping it back in the context of, you know, arts identify, you know, identifiers and, and the burdens in our senior population, I think, yes, it's suicide and, and talking about it and the stigmas are cultural, but definitely with our senior population, you know, let's look back at the time before mental illness was talked about out in public, you know, when, when they dealt with their issues in home or when they dealt with them themselves or what would they say? We dealt with them with a belt. Or, you know, we've heard people say, just give them a gun, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. We've heard some really, really, really strong, strong comments from how it used to be, mm-hmm. you know. So, so yeah, I agree that cultural suicide suicide and, and approaches are, 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 are same. But with the senior population in particular, it used to be a lot different, mental health and mental illness and, and how it was dealt with. So dealing with it today is, is almost a cultural shock. So they, they're they're I bet they're a little surprised that people care and are, and are identifying that and saying, Hey, deal with it. Hmm. Could, could it also be the misconception of if you don't talk about it, right? How we talk about it in our presentations where if you don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Right. But you, when you do talk about it, which is completely wrong, you might put it in their, in their, thought or their mind. Well, I think Jason kind of, I think made a really good point. Like if you talk about it, rarely it's uncomfortable to talk about it. But if you can make this a topic that is something that you talk about on a regular basis, the more you're exposed to discussions of anything that makes you uncomfortable, the less uncomfortable you get to it over time. Right. So if if we've culturally gotten to a point where we don't want to talk about mental health issues and not just suicide, I mean, we, we don't talk about at least growing up. I remember we didn't talk about a lot of stuff that has been shifting in the last 15 years and certainly has shifted a lot since COVID came around. But that's it's still fairly new for a lot of people to talk about it in a kind of public setting. So it's going to feel uncomfortable because we've spent so long repressing that kind of discussion. It feels like this is inappropriate and we shouldn't talk about it. 
but we really probably should because that's what makes it easier to talk about, right? Like the more we talk about stuff, the more we're open with one another about how we feel and the more we learn how to express it, the Mm -hmm. easier it is to express how we're feeling no matter how we're feeling, right? I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, you're right. Even I I think with years ago, I don't think that um, there was even a thought of mental illness or a thought of depression or a thought of suicide. It was, you know, elders being elders, living the ways of, 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 of the red road and, and singing and dancing and um, doing all other stuff in the nature of native American people and seniors, but learning with each other in those ways, but having a way out as well, like going on vision quests and going and dancing and going and drumming and going and rattling in that nature. But now even more so it's getting tougher and tougher as, as generations continue to get, have kids and stuff. But those generations and those elders are also getting older and, and, and unfortunately the kids today think they know best you know, and they don't want to, they don't want to talk to their elders, you know, because they think they're grown up now. Well, I think we also have to face a certain reality too, that in the last hundred years or so, the differences between life experience of an elder and a youth today, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's dramatically different from how things were 200, 300 years ago when technology wasn't changing our lives so dramatically every every 10 or 20 years, right? I mean, the world looks fundamentally very different today than even where it was in the 70s when I was born, you know, um, from a communication standpoint, from even vehicles and, and, you know, how easy it is to travel around the world and gain a larger view of things. You go back 100 years ago, if you wanted to go across the country, it was a it was a three month journey by wagon and horse and it was really brutal and hard to do. And a lot of people didn't make it, you know, today you can get across the country in a couple hours on a plane and visit people. So elders today have such a vastly different life experience from the youth that are growing up in this kind of fast paced, highly accessible world. Right. I think that, differentiation between generations is really, really extreme today in a way that I don't know necessarily existed in the same level that it did hundred years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years ago, when everybody's life experience was kind of more or less similar, right? Like, I think that's a really big complication and something that I don't, I don't know that there's enough discussion about either. You know, we talk about the young generation. Oh, they, you know, they don't understand and they, well, of course they don't understand. They live in a completely different world from the world that our elders grew up in. You know, that's hard to relate when you don't have a, as common, a common ground between each other. Right. I mean, uh, growing up um, for me on the, on the reservation, there were times uh, when, you know, I thought I knew it all, but I would go back to the elders that I would talk to and they'd have a conversation with me about different things. But I would, I would listen, not knowing that 
there might've been something wrong with me, you know, being a young man, but not only that, uh, maybe there was a mental illness. Maybe there was a depression, maybe there was depression and stuff into that nature, but they explained on, on the ways that they had done them. They had, mm -hmm. they had, uh, went through them and that's what got me to listen to it. Yeah. But I can see how a teenager today who's dealing with depression and, and they're being bullied, cyber bullied, right? Online, just being torn apart emotionally online and they go to try and talk to an elder about it or they are told they should go talk to their elder about it. Do they even comprehend that the elder would even understand what they're going through, you know? And that might and be then, like them shutting them down, be like, I don't know what you're talking about. They can't relate. So they might take it as like, oh, I can't come to them for this. Yeah. Yeah. It can be really difficult to, mm -hmm. to respect the knowledge that the elders have. If you come from a position where you're like, well, there's no way they know what I'm going through, <laughs> you know, and then vice versa, what the elders going through. And I think this has always been kind of true. How does a young person understand what an elder is dealing with? You know, in terms of that isolation, in terms of that fear of being a burden, in terms of the, all the fears and complications that an elder faces, that's a world apart from the experience of a, of a young person who is fully capable and doesn't have those kinds of concerns, right? So there's a real fundamental kind of reality disconnect between generations um, that I think is getting worse because of how wildly different the world keeps changing and, and evolving in a much more rapid pace in the last couple, last hundred years or so than it had prior. Yeah. I mean, even like you, you shared about the younger generation, like George hit it right on the spot is that even when we go and do a presentation, you know, we don't know what the, what the elder is going through and, and they know all the things that we're talking about we're basically reiterating it to them, but they don't want to hear it because again, it wasn't talked about years ago and it was just not a conversation that they wanted to talk about. Right. Do we, do we have any ideas on solutions to that? Well, like how, how do we, how do we approach, how do we approach spreading the word about what elders need uh, in a way that that's impactful when they don't want to talk about it themselves? Well, I got a challenge for us since you asked the question. Mm. So I got a challenge for our, for us team. We're, what about life team? Let's get an elder to the table. Let's ask them. Let's, let's just learn. Let's just listen to an elder. Mm -hmm. Let's see if we can get an elder for, for elder month for elder care. Let's get it. I get, think that's a great idea. Let's get an elder to the table. And so that we're let's not all look at art. Right? Let's all look at art. Art. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Let's get an elder to the table. <laughs> Let's, I, let's I think get that's somebody. a phenomenal idea. Let's I see if we can do it. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I think that's a Challenge wonderful accepted. idea. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, hear, can, I'm hearing all this and it's like. So we can find I, the deep, dark I mystery. I think we have made progress. <laughs> so going back to your question. Um, <laughs> I think it's always a challenge, though. It's, it's, it's going to be a, a battle. How, how do we break that uh, that awareness? How do we break those barriers? How it's hard, but I think we have made progress. I mean, there's take for technology, for example, we have elders that are using iPhones. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> which I think is phenomenal, right? For FaceTiming, for communication. Yeah, I, I think we are making progress. But I, I think it should also go back to how do we get that younger generation there? Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. We could bring the elders generation up. Meet them halfway. Right? Each how, how do we get that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, get them both on the path. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's... That is the challenge, right? But the challenge is we need to find an elder. Yeah, mm -hmm. is that cool? That's, let's let's yeah, get somebody. Yeah. Fine with me. All right. Yeah. Let's see if we can get somebody to do. <laughs> yeah, I just want to hear them. I just want to hear some stories. Someone local. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Art, you've oh, been yeah. tasked. Well, we'll do it. We'll yeah. get it. <laughs> I, got, right. I got some ideas. All right. <laughs> well, this is this is going to be an ongoing conversation for a long time, even beyond just the month of June, right? Like this is uh, yes. this is an ongoing topic that uh, we'll definitely be revisiting over time on the podcast. Um, any closing thoughts before we shut shut this episode down, guys? Just real quick, just because we're talking about it in June doesn't mean we do it throughout the year, right? Art throughout the year, we're we're constantly sharing uh, this topic, and just because it's June, um, and we put an emphasis on it um, throughout the whole year. Uh, or I know you're going out there and uh, sharing this with all the elders out there. Yes, the topic. Um, I wanted to leave with something that stuck with me my whole life as a little kid. I heard my mom say this when I was uh, a little guy, right? We were at somebody's house and they were an elder, and she said, how you see them, you'll see yourself one day. And honestly, that stuck to me through my whole, my whole life, even my whole career, because I've always thought about it. What are they struggling? What are they going through? What do they need? Right? It has always stuck with me. She told it to me at a young age, how you see them, your elders, you will see yourself one day. That's, so, some, that's some wisdom right there. Because mm -hmm. that's true. That's true. It is true. It's coming back <laughs> circle, yeah. The more I thought about it at that time, I didn't think about it. But now, you know, yes. I just want to leave with some resources, Aging and Independent Services. If you Google that, um, they have an awesome list of resources for our elders um, countywide on um, just different services you may need. So definitely check them out as well as two in one, of course. I also didn't want to forget Marissa Yepa, phenomenal resource, George, Jason, phenomenal resource here at the clinic. We're all here available. Yeah, I'm not a resource. I just talk on the podcast. Dave <laughs> Dawson here, a phenomenal resource. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm just a talker. These these guys are the are the real uh the real force driving uh change in the community and and here at the clinic and as always, guys, I greatly appreciate your insight. I greatly appreciate the work that you do and uh, that you let me be a little part of it every once in a while here on the podcast. So until next time, this is What About Life. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid to, to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. And, uh, you know, pop a comment or two down every once in a while. Let us know what you're thinking and We'll uh, try and address any concerns or topics that you would like to have us uh, discuss. All right, guys. All Thank right. Be you. well. Thank, Thank you. you. Take it easy. Indian Health Council's What About Life podcast is made possible by the Prevention and Early Intervention Program funded by the County of San Diego Mental Health Services Act. <laughs>
Indian Health Council's Behavioral Health Hotline can be reached Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. by calling 760-751-6004. That's 760-751-6004. If you're outside of Indian Health Council's service area and are experiencing a mental health emergency in San Diego, call the San Diego Access and Crisis Line at 1-888-724-7240. That's the San Diego Access and Crisis Line at 1-888-724-7240. Or call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255 for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Help is available. All you have to do is reach out for it. Indian Health Council, empowering Native wellness since 1970.